CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us as we wrap up this week. Looking forward to being with you, as we always are, every weekday afternoon at this time. We set about an hour aside, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events from a biblical perspective. And what we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? So if you've got a question you would like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888 Ask CSN. We've got some lines open. You're invited to call us and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Look forward to uh, being with you. We've been giving away the uh, Jesus movie um, and also uh, the story of Mary Magdalene video, as well as the gospel of Jesus for the little kids, the story of Jesus. So if you call in, we'll be glad to get one of those out to you as well today, as we always are. We want to, uh, once again, just encourage you, if you're not in church this Sunday, we'd love to see you here at the River Christian Fellowship. I'll be here. Ryan Reese will be here, and a whole host of other people will be here this Sunday morning. Look forward to answering some questions. We have some other guest speakers as well. So we just want to encourage you to stop on by here at River Christian Fellowship. Just follow the signs to Shoshone Falls, and uh, we're right on the corner, right where you turn to go see the majestic Shoshone Falls. We'd love to see you here as well. Well, we're going to have uh, with us directly here, I believe, Brad Dacus. But until he gets here, we're just going to go ahead and go to the phones. We have Ron on the line, Prescott, Arizona. Hi, and welcome. Good afternoon, Pastor Mike. Um, When Adam and Eve sinned, was Yahweh obligated to provide a means of salvation for them? Well, I believe that was probably a little bit covered in the the curse that the, the where it says that um, that he will bruise his head, uh, but he will bruise his heel. Uh, a, a head wound is fatal. Satan's uh, wound was fatal. Uh, a heel, I believe, Jesus crucified for us. But we do know that through that we all were allowed uh, redemption. Now remember, when they sin, God killed animals and provided animal skins for their clothing, not sewing fig leaves together. Now, why that's important, I believe, is no doubt that God may have explained to uh, uh, Adam why it was important for um, the shedding of blood to cover sins. Because whatever it was, if we remember going into their children, Abel's sacrifice was accepted, Cain's was rejected. Abel's was a sacrifice of a lamb. Cain's was uh, just vegetables. So I, I really believe that I that it was no doubt revealed to them. I believe that we will see Adam and Eve in heaven someday, um, I, 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 as well as all those who went to Abraham's bosom uh, when Jesus closed it down, everybody in the Old Testament. Uh, but I do believe that God did um, uh, show them uh, blood that was shed uh, to clothe them. So that would be probably the closest way I could probably answer that. Okay, Pastor, I was just wondering if 
if you had thought about the obligation was was he obligated or could he have not provided I think that God was under no obligation to provide a means of salvation for Adam and Eve, uh, just as God isn't today. But because God loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. God wasn't obligated. He chose to do those things for us. And I think there's a big difference because when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, ate of the fruit, uh, the Bible says the day you eat of it is the day you'll surely die. Uh, we know that they didn't fall down dead when they ate of the fruit, but we do know that something did die in them, and that was their spirit. And uh, that's why I believe Jesus said in John 3, he said to Nicodemus, a well-known religious leader of the day, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Uh, you must be born of the spirit as well. Is he? Uh, it defines it. Uh, that's because the spirit within man is gone. That's what's wrong with people today. We see a body, we see a mind, but no spiritual governance. Uh, Nothing that dictates what's right or wrong within people today. And so people can be practicing full-on wickedness and believe it's certainly okay and even encouraged. That's because the spirit of man is dead. Jesus said, you must be born again. And so I believe that God was under no obligation, but because he loved his creation, he chose to redeem us. That's why I think it's interesting. Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our father, which implies that we're his children. Children do dumb things, but as a parent, you still love your children. You want to forgive your children. You want to see your children do right. Not because you're obligated, but because you love them. In fact, Jesus said to the first church in Revelation chapter 2, he said uh, that I have this against you, you've left your first love. What they were once doing out of love, now they were doing out of obligation. Now, somebody might say, well, why is that important? Because some people say, well, the end justifies the mean, but it doesn't. Uh, God cares more about why we do what we do than oftentimes what we do. So I believe that's such a very important part. Ron, I, I hope that answers it for you. Thank you, Pastor. Great answer. Stay in line, Ron. Send you out the movie of Jesus. I think you'll really love it. What you hear uh, being narrated is actually the Bible being read to you. It's really good. Uh, and so as well as uh, the story of Jesus for children and the story of Mary Magdalene, all in video. You'll really enjoy it. Stay out. We'll get you taken care of. Joining us right now, we have with us Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute in Southern California with offices all over the United States coming to the defense of people like you and me when we find ourselves being under the gun by irrational rules and regulations. Brad, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for letting me be on the program. I appreciate it. Always a blessing to have you with us. I look forward to answering some questions. What's the what's the latest thing right now going on? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, but what's the latest? Well, uh, I tell you, we've got a lot going on, definitely. Um, that's for sure, uh, including uh, just the um, the continued fight for people, Christians who are losing are losing their jobs, uh, who want to be able to uh, to work and not deny their faith. So uh, we've, we're taking these on all across the country. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. One of our attorneys alone 
between uh, just this month of uh, no, uh, December, uh, we'll be filing uh, 10 more lawsuits. Wow. And we have 27 offices across the country. That's just a little flicker of what we're dealing with moving forward. Wow, that's really incredible. Now, something that's on everybody's, well, rationally thinking people uh, is Hunter Biden's laptop and all the things that this thing now can contains. And now with the Republican House of Representatives that said they are going to press in and get to the bottom of what's really going on here. What's your take on this very unusual find that a computer uh, repair shop found? Yeah, uh, it's really incredible because when this came out, uh, the, the 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 left was saying, "Oh, this is fraudulent. It's not true. It's 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 it, you know this has nothing to do with uh, Hunter Biden." And now it's indisputably the fact that this was his laptop. The information was concealed, suppressed was not released uh, by the Democrats. Uh, now that the Republicans will have the majority in the House, uh, they'll have full access to it, be able to uh, scrutinize it, uh, uh, to, um, to make it public, and, and, uh, and more, most importantly, um, uh, bring in a, a possible prosecution, criminal prosecution, along with an independent investigation. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's going to make uh, it very difficult for uh, Hunter's dad to, run again in 2024, but uh, we'll have to see how everything pans out. But there's, uh, without a, a doubt, there's a lot of unfortunate, uh, unfortunately, some very serious um, evidence that is very incriminating on the administration, potentially with regards to um, personally, financially benefiting with communist China and also Ukraine at the expense of our nation, not just his son, but also apparently uh, his, his father as well. So it's um, it's it's something I wouldn't want to see happen to any president, um, and uh, it's a it's a, a very very serious uh, matter that we're dealing with. What's your take on uh, the uh, uh, debt forgiveness on the school loans? Where willy nilly, our president just decided to start giving money to private individuals uh, to uh, pay off loans. I mean, I, I think this is kind of crazy because is. Is this buying votes? Is he going to just start paying people's cars off next? Uh, uh, what? What? Uh, how? How do? How do we go from paying taxes to patrol our borders and to have a strong military and to provide uh, uh, necessary things for our country to just willy nilly giving out free money? Can, any thoughts on this? I guess it's going to go before the Supreme Court. Yeah, it is, and you know, of course. Uh... You know, our our society, we have to weigh, you know, benefits to those who need it, and for, you know, uh, catastrophe situations, uh, you know, flooding, you know, natural disasters, and, uh, you know, we we we've, we've done that before. Great Depression, we had the Water Project. Yeah, uh, well, this is this is just throwing away debt, saying young people who took on debts um, will have higher income than kids who didn't go to college. Suddenly, have a have a would have a freebie. Um, it's it's not a part of the Heroes Act. It's under the Heroes Act that the administrations are trying to contend that they have the authority to do this. They don't. Um, there's nothing in the Heroes Act that in any way would point to such uh, a, a dramatic radical move by the president. So the Supreme Court's going to take it up. I think the Supreme Court's going to agree with the decision that came out of the Eighth Circuit as well as the Fifth Circuit already, saying that it's unconstitutional. It's beyond. Uh, the powers of the president. He doesn't have authorization by Congress, doesn't have it specifically through the Heroes Act. 
and uh, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, but no, but uh, the president did get uh, you know what he really wanted, which were uh, votes from a lot of college kids who thought they'd get some free money to, to vote for him. And um, unfortunately, they're going to learn the hard way that uh, voting for greed and for personal uh, interests um, is never the way to go and uh, is not, nothing to be trusted on by a politician that's promising it. Yeah, it sure looked like buying votes, but uh, I don't know. Oh, yes. Things that, things that make you go, hmm. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. We have Sonia on the line, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, my question is short. Uh, in the book of James, he wrote to the 12 tribes, which are scattered about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of slightly confused as to uh, 10 of those tribes disappeared basically during the Assyrian invasion. So uh, I'm kind of confused how he's writing to the 12 tribes, which are scattered about. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, because they know who they were. You got to always remember that uh, you hear this terminology, the lost tribes of Israel. There's nothing in the Bible that says they were ever lost. That's something that people put in there. But the people who have a strong Jewish heritage, they know what tribe even they're from. This was passed on from generation to generation. And certainly we find it reunited or or reignited in Revelation chapter 7, where there's 12,000 men from 12 tribes of Israel virgins, it says, that are in the Lord's service during the tribulation period, a total of 144,000, but they're from the 12 tribes of Israel. So not only do you have James talking about them, you have Jesus talking about them, and I believe very recognizable for John, who recorded this for us. So the idea that they were lost and gone, I don't believe is a true statement, they always knew who they were. And just as oftentimes we'll ask our parents, you know, mom, are, you know, am, am I Irish or German or uh, French or whatever? Um, um, you know, they'll tell you. And, and uh, as an example, my wife is part Cherokee, uh, but she knew she knows what tribe she's from uh, when it comes to uh, uh, our lineage. And so I believe it was the same thing and still is the same thing for many people today. And of course, now with the advent of DNA, they can even get a little more exact on that. Brad, any thoughts on that? Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. And uh, there's, uh, uh, you know, there's, there are Jewish people who, uh, you know, you don't just live in, you know, in Europe. There's a large number in, in Persia and throughout the Middle East. There's others in, in North Africa who then came up through Morocco uh, into uh, Spain and France, and uh, so uh, it's uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, they they it's and most importantly, I think we need to understand is that is that God knows uh, who who they are. Uh, even if even if for arguendo they didn't, God would know, and uh, because God knows everything and He, he knows our descendants, and so I, I don't I I don't see that as a as a concern. It's a very good, it's a very good question though. And I, I'm glad you asked it. Yeah. And, and so, uh, it, it, we also find more of this, uh, spoken of as a prophecy in the book of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel was brought into a valley of dry bones that were old and scattered. And so God told Ezekiel, speak to the, uh, the bones and come together. And then flesh came upon them and they stood on their feet 
And then he talks about that this is that that God would reunite the nation of Israel again. And and this was a picture type of what God was going to do. And not only the southern tribes of Israel, but the northern tribes. This is the two sticks become one again. Uh, and so very clearly, the context is not speaking about the Book of Mormon and the Bible. I don't know where in the world they go with that. But very clearly, it's talking about the two split groups when Israel was divided over taxes, when when uh, uh, Rehoboam was president uh, or, or king, and, and uh, he didn't listen to the counsel of the older people, uh, and there was a civil war. You had 10 tribes to the north then, two tribes to the south, and they will become one again, the Bible says, in the last days, who have been scattered among the nations, he will bring them back. So not only do you have a biblical prophecy there in Ezekiel 37, that God would once again reestablish his nation Israel, very clearly saying that they had been scattered, but that also in Luke chapter 21, Jerusalem would be the capital And Jesus then goes on to say that when Jerusalem comes under Jewish control again, the generation that sees that will not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. That's why I'm excited, everyone. I believe we're getting very close. We're seeing Jerusalem under Jewish control. When Jesus said that in Luke chapter 21, it was under Roman control. And then in 70 AD, a, a Roman general named Titus came in and destroyed the city of Jerusalem, literally leveled it. There was nothing left. And in fact, as mockery, the Roman government would let Jews go back into their beloved Jerusalem. The piles, the heap of ashes, the buildings that were torn down only one time a year as a mockery that they came up against the mighty Roman Empire. Well, isn't it interesting? The Roman Empire is gone, but Jerusalem still stands against incredible odds. Jesus said, you're the last generation when you see it. So I look forward to some pretty exciting times, but um, we certainly find they're established enough in Revelation chapter 7 to be used by God during the tribulation period and mentioned by name. Hope that helps. All right. Thank you. Sonia, stay in line. I'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. The latest one, really great, The Story of Jesus. Based on the Genesis Project, what you hear read is the book of Luke, and it is fabulous, plus the movie of Mary Magdalene and the gospel, uh, the story of Jesus for the kids. So stay online. We'll get those out to you. Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Sabrina, Gardnerville, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Bye, bye, Reno. Hi. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, I've been under the study of Pastor Chuck Smith for, I don't know, 20 years or so before he passed away, and I've done some inductive Bible studies on the book of Revelation. Yes. And uh, not that I, you know, even declared to know hardly any of it, but I did hear a pastor say that you cannot lose your salvation, but you can lose your inheritance. And I've never heard about that before. And if it's in the Bible, maybe you can um, tell me where to look or give me some insight on that. Well, that's that's not a verse. The Bible says everything we do for God will stand a test. 
the wood, the hay, the stubble will be burned up. The things that were done with the right motivation uh, will carry an eternal reward. Even a cup of cold water in his name will bear an eternal reward. But when we talk about revelation as far as uh, getting your name blotted out of the book of life, very clearly the Bible says, Jesus himself said, that could happen. Uh, We find it again in Revelation chapter 22. You go in, you tamper with God's word, you get your name blotted out of the book of life. That's what it says. Now, not everybody's name is in the book of life. Only believers' names are in the book of life. Um, we find the Lamb's book of life and the book of life. One, Revelation chapter 17, 8, the other one, 13, 8, both speaking, I believe, of the same book. One calls it the Lamb's book of life. The other is the book of life. But if you look at it and in the context, it appears to be the same book. You find Jesus saying to a church that if they didn't repent, uh, and, and if they didn't do that, then he said, if you repent, I won't blot your name out of the book of life. They were bound to get their name blotted out of the book of life. The book of Jude as well says the same thing. The book of James says the same thing. Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter four, the last uh, five or six verses. That evil servant says in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. The guy says, my Lord delays his coming. He eats, drinks with the drunken. He beats his fellow man. He's a violent drunk. The Lord of that servant. Jesus is not the Lord of every servant. He was the Lord of that one. He said he will be cast out and he'll get his portion with the hypocrites where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Look at the definition of hell. That is not saying you lost your reward. You lost you. And we find that even Paul talked about it. Demas in chapter, the last chapter of of the book of of uh, Second Timothy, he says, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed from the faith. Literally, read it. He didn't say, "Oh well," but he's still going to heaven. But he he just he's going to just make it there by the skin of his teeth. I don't find that in the Bible. Jesus said, "If you abide in me, I in you." I don't believe anybody can pull you out of God's hands, but I do believe, according to what the Bible says. Very clearly, in Second Timothy, the last chapter, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. Nobody tore Demas away from the Lord. Demas mm-hmm. chose to leave. Can't get any clearer than that. And, and second of all, what is the book of Jude about then? How God saved everybody out of the land of Egypt and let them all die in the wilderness because they wouldn't believe his, his promises? If it doesn't address this topic... I, I really, I've been a Christian over 50 years. I have no clue what the book of Jude is about. It says these things happen for our examples. What? Not to be like them. You find other things. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, do not be deceived. They that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, he he's writing this to the church, not to a brothel, not to a, a a strip club. He says he's writing it to a church. Don't be deceived. It's amazing to me how many people today are deceived, thinking, well, you know, I prayed a prayer, I walked an aisle, you know, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I'll just make it there by the skin of my teeth. But hey, baby, that's okay with me. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but I believe that they probably ought to look again at what Jesus said. 
And I think that, again, when we realize, you you read Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus is talking, those last four, uh, last six verses, um, it doesn't say oh, he loses his reward. He gets cast out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The same definition of hell. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I, I, uh, I like the, the fact that, you know, we well, we as humans, we're often very quantitative, like, um, you know, what do, what agreement do we sign or do we make, you know, do we do this or do we do that? And okay, boom, we got the deal. Uh, salvation with the Lord is, is not like doing things. It's, it's a heart, it's a heart issue. It's, it's a relationship. I like the fact that in second Timothy chapter four, the test is really interesting. It says, uh, Paul says, uh, in the, he's about to die and he says in the future, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now, Paul, we used to be Saul, he was like the Osama bin Laden of the early church. This guy was a nightmare. Um, and yet he was saved because he put his faith in Christ. Yes. And he was not fearing death. He was about to face death uh, imminently. He wasn't fearing death because he knew that his salvation was in faith in what Jesus Christ on the cross and that he received it. Now, but it goes on to say, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Uh, and I like that because it's a heart question. I think if people were asked, if you were to tell people um, that, you know, if they were to know, we don't know it as the day of the hour, but let's say they, they knew that tomorrow Jesus was coming at 1.30 p.m. on the nose, what would they be thinking and feeling? And if they would be thinking and feeling like, oh, shoot, um, I don't know if I really know Jesus. I don't know if he's going to really take me. Um, or I've got some big business deal I'm, I'm going to be doing at 2.30. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if I've really been forgiven. I, I, I don't know if he's, you know, that, that's an indicator that that person may not really have a living faith. Uh, a living faith is one that says, Jesus is coming back. Awesome. I am so excited. I got to call my Aunt Wilma who may not be going to heaven. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a heart issue. And, I, and people who are, you know, they say, I've got my ticket to heaven. Um, and they're they're openly, defiantly, repeatedly rebelling against God and what they're doing and how they're living their life. Uh, that's an indicator that they really don't have a real uh, a faith, uh, quite likely, uh, that they're they're just going through the motions. Um, it's like wearing a, a, lu- a lucky charm around your neck. Um, you know, it's not something that they're really believing. So, Sabrina, I hope that helps. It does. Thank you very much. Sabrina, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. Chuck Smith never, ever taught what saved, always saved. He was very, very clear on that. And uh, I, I even did a radio show with him. We play occasionally here where we talk about that very topic. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. We'll be right back. This is CSN. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. 
Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. The meaning of Christmas is all about the miracle of life when Christ came to earth as a baby to bring life to all. Preborn pregnancy clinics share the miracle of life every day as they meet women in crisis pressured to end their unborn baby's life. And every day, Preborn rescues 150 babies' lives by introducing babies to their mothers via ultrasound. But that's only the beginning. Preborn shares Christ with them and offers assistance for up to two years after birth, all for free. And this miracle of life often saves the baby and the mother. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. Welcome you back to part two of Every Man and Answer here on this Friday afternoon as we wrap up this week with Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute. And again, Brad defending Christians against oftentimes very tyrannical kinds of rules and laws that can come from the government clear down to uh, our local state and city governments. And uh, Brad, I want to thank you especially for uh, all the people that you've defended, all the cases that you've won where people have just gotten things so far out of out of control that they uh, uh, governments get so things far out of control uh, they they they've lost their their ability to logically reason. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very concerning. Um, I would say Americans are, today are more doubting as to the uh, sanity of government leaders. When it comes to policies, I think that any time in our, our history, uh, just it was just recently announced, for example, that Governor Gavin Newsom and well, and the, the district attorney's offices in um, in California and Los Angeles County, for example, and up and down the state, uh, they're going to be releasing about 7000 pedophiles from prison early, uh, very early. And um, it's just we're reaching a point where it makes makes no sense. Uh, that's just from a criminal perspective. Then, of course, from a civil liberty perspective, religious freedom, parents' rights, uh, we see such a uh, an assault on those. And yet I am so optimistic because, by God's grace, we have such a great Supreme Court, the best Supreme Court in my lifetime. And uh, we're, we at PGI now have over 115 cases in active litigation. So uh, we're uh, moving full steam ahead. That number will be increasing by at least 20% in the next six months. So uh, we're uh, very excited about um, really um, making a, a real progress in these areas of, of our freedoms and liberties to live, live and share our faith. Amen. So important in the days we live. 
So if you got if if uh, you need to contact Brad, uh, it's uh, pji.org. And uh, I, again, always keep that number handy. You may need it in the future. Definitely. Let's go back to the phones and uh, let's see Sue on the line in Wyoming. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you guys so much for everything that you do, and I appreciate Brad and just. It's so hard with our lawyer system and court system that it's just so messed up now, and it's horrible. We've had to deal with some stuff um, through our son with the, uh, to have child custody, and it's just horrible um, how much money you have to spend and throw out just to be able to be a good dad anymore. They want our kids to grow up without their fathers. It's horrible, but... Anyway, I do appreciate everything you guys do. And my question is, if so you're saved um, and you ask for forgiveness and repent of your sins, when we get taken to heaven and are on the judgment and to be judged, will God remember these things or and will we have to answer for them or will they truly be forgotten? Um, and especially like if you have repented, say, for anger or different things that you've done, and then you have another episode and you have to ask, continue to ask for forgiveness and repent of these sins, um, how will God handle that? I believe we'll be forgiven. And uh, I'm so glad we have an attorney on with us today. Tell us about uh, our great high attorney. Yeah, we have an, an advocate, uh, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, and, um, and he is one dynamite advocate uh, because uh, he paid the price uh, completely and fully uh, for our forgiveness uh, through faith and what he did on the cross. Uh, so I don't believe we have anything to fear um, as, far as, uh, as far as judgment. That's, you know, some will, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you know, make it by the skin of their teeth. Some will have uh, rewards. That's real clear in Scripture. Um, but uh, we have a loving Heavenly Father uh, who uh, will not, you know, uh, you know, judge us because Jesus is our advocate. He paid the price on the cross. Um, to what extent are we, you know, is, is God going to reveal to us the depth and breadth of his grace and mercy um, and, and, and forgiveness, you know, by, um, you, know, you, know, you know, say wiping the tears from our eyes as, you know, and how that plays I don't. I don't know exactly, but I know that our loving Heavenly Father um, is taking care of the price for sin. Our Advocate Jesus Christ Jesus is promised uh, to be there as our Advocate, um, and uh, we can be, be assured that if we put our faith totally in Him, that we have full and complete forgiveness. Um, he's a loving Heavenly Father. Um, he, he doesn't uh, want uh, want to, to do anything against us. Uh, when, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the, pay, the payment, the price has been paid. So, um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something we can all be confident of. So I, I, I hope that answers it for you, Sue. That does. Could I ask one more question? Sure. Um, you kind of asked different things. I mean, you did answer a little bit of it earlier. So when we are in heaven and have our crowns to throw at his feet, well, on that, so, like, just for instance, we just got done doing um, Samaritan Purse Christmas shoe boxes. So each child and their family say that it's going to be saved because I've I know that happens. Then will we 
all the people that have a part of that will be able to get that crown to throw at Jesus' feet? Or is it only people that we individually um, bring to the Lord? Um, And it's hard for me, too. Like, I'm trying to work on when God says, oh, I want you to give that person, let's say, $20. And always say, well, God, you know, Jesus wants me to tell you that he loves you and he wanted you to have this. But I don't always share the gospel with him. So... I don't know how to react to that. Should I always, if I do that, try to ask if they would like to know the gospel or if by just doing that, if that is enough? Okay, Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting you ask that question because I used to be like, um, it's sort of like a mechanical question, you know, what is the standard operating procedure? Um, The interesting thing is when we walk in the spirit, (laughs) there is no standard operating procedure. Uh, we're, 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 so what I encourage people to do is pray about it and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, and sometimes the Lord will encourage me to to say something. Uh, this could be also like on an airplane trip. I'm sitting next to someone and I'll just pray, say, Lord, you know, I'm open. You, if you want me to, to share the gospel, I'm open. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, God puts it on my heart sometimes, sometimes, you know, uh, not. And uh, so I, I think that it's... Um, it's really following the Lord and the Lord's direction. I mean, and also, it's real important to, to pray about it, too, because sometimes people are deceptive. Um, I would say there's mass deception of people who are begging and wanting money and wanting this, and they don't want to work. I remember, uh, you know, he had, there was a guy with a sign saying, we'll work for food. I says, I've got a job for you. You can pick all the oranges on my tree. I'll, I'll drive you there. I'll drive you back here. You can sell all the oranges. He goes, no, that's okay. No, that, that's okay. So um, it's important to be praying also for discernment because – um, I would say a large percentage of these cases are people who either you know, they don't want to work, they want quick, easy money to uh, to be lazy or to pay for drugs, or uh, or they need help, and um, and and that that money is just a, a band aid and not really addressing the issues that could really could be addressed well at a at a a, at a, um, a mission center, a Christian uh, like Orange County Rescue Mission or the or the Dream Center. Those are two places we have in Southern California. It really help people address their real issues, and I think it's it's valuable to know those resources to to uh, recommend those to people sometimes instead of just uh, giving them money. So I I hope that answers it for you. It does. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And again, thank you. You're such a blessing to us. Thank you for honoring God by doing uh, the question and answer. Well, God's good, and and dear, I'll send that out to you. You know, people have asked me before. They say, "Why do you always say that when somebody pays you a compliment?" Hey, you know what the Bible says? We're all unprofitable servants. We just did as we are told. I believe that. And you know, one of the things if I, that I've studied through the Bible, there's a lot of things the Bible says don't do. And one of them is don't touch God's glory. Uh, I think the minute that, uh, you, in fact, you look at Saul, how many victories God gave Saul, the first king of Israel, but he began to accredit him to himself. And the Bible says he went throughout the land of Israel Israel building monuments to himself. Oh, I think that's terrible. You know, when you realize that it's by by him we live, uh, move, and have our being, as it tells us, Luke tells us. And I, I believe that's so important to realize that if anything we say, anything we do makes sense, if anything that we do is because it's God's word and his Holy Spirit that's caused it to come alive, that causes it to work with us. And I never want to take God's glory. I always want him to get the glory. And uh, so 
uh, being about his business for all of us who is so important. Stay on line, send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy that new uh, movie, Jesus, that we're giving away, the movie of Mary Magdalene, as well as uh, the story of Jesus for the kids. I'll send that out to you. I think you'll enjoy that. Stay on line. We'll get you taken care of. Going back to Sabrina from Gardnerville, Nevada, um, to finish up her question, she she got caught there in the break. Sabrina, hi, and welcome back. Hi, Mike. I just kind of want to clarify I think I said it incorrectly that I was raised up by Chuck Smith. He never, ever said either of those things. He he always said what you had just quoted out Mm -hmm. of the Bible. So I just wanted to clarify that it was a whole different pastor that said you can lose your inheritance but still have your salvation, which doesn't make sense to me. So I just wanted— I've, Chuck Smith, not to be under the bus there. No, no, and I know that, and and I knew that. I, I knew Chuck very well. I did this radio show with him for uh, decades. And uh, so, no, I, I, and unfortunately, we even find now a lot of the Calvary chapels are moving into uh, a doctrine that really isn't from from Calvary. You know, everybody, uh, you know, just really enjoyed the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, at Calvary Costa Mesa, and the doctrine that Chuck was, was uh, I think so so accurately um, delivering to everyone. But uh, now today, you find people they have a name on the building, but they're not really they they don't really follow the the all the teachings. I've I've heard several people get into that that you can't lose your salvation, things like that. Well, I don't believe you lose your salvation either. But the Bible clearly says you can walk away from it. And again, Demas, 2 Timothy, last chapter, Paul says he did. So to say, oh, well, that person's still going to heaven, you know, and it doesn't say that. And I read the Bible enough to know I don't want to add to God's word. Sabrina, I hope that answers it for you this time. Did we get it? We got it. Thank Good. you so much. Stay on line, dear. We'll send you out the movies and DVDs and Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Luke in Montana. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I have a relative who is a homosexual, and he's 72 years old, and he's been a homosexual since he was very young. And he is completely, you know, like he's got both feet in the bear trap. I mean, he's, his <laughs> mind and everything, you know. And, uh, uh, I mean, I, I hardly dare to even broach the subject with him, you know, because... Uh, the last time I spoke with him, he, he implied that he thought that anybody who thinks that sort of thing is wrong is is, is like a criminal. And uh, so uh, I just wondered if you could give me any input on how, I mean, what I'm afraid of is if I really get into it with him, he'll never speak to me again, and that'll be the end of the end of our what little relationship we have, which isn't a whole bunch already. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm scared. I don't want him to go to hell, and I'm very scared for him. And I'm just wondering if you have any... any, any well, prayer. Uh, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So when you pray for him, pray that God binds Satan from his eyes, that he sees the great opportunity that Jesus offers him to have his sins forgiven. Uh, uh, as hard as hard, 
but that's caused by being blind in the world. And so I would just continue to to love him, never affirm what they do, but you want to say, God loves you. The question is, do you love God? And I think that's the big question. But I really believe that, again, as the Bible tells us, the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And man, I'll tell you, they walk, stumble, and fall in darkness all the time. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, sometimes we as Christians, um, you know, we can you know, be sort of uh, reactive and, uh, and, and shun people who are in sin. Or, uh, and, you know, if there's someone in the church, you know, that's in sin, and, the, you know, the church needs to address that, and there's a, a process in Matthew 18 is a, that we need to engage in. But if someone is a non-believer, um, you know, we need to be careful not to, to, to do things that shun them. Uh, we need to overwhelm them with love. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we don't want to hide and deny the truth and the faith. So if they ask us a question, you know, like, you know, well, do you believe homosexuality is wrong? Or do you, you know, what do you believe? They say, well, you know, I, it's not really what I believe. It's, it's what the Bible says. And the Bible is very clear about that. And I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe what the Bible says. But, you know, you're totally, you know, you have the total freedom to believe differently. And, and I love you unconditionally, you know, whether you agree with, agree with my, my belief and what the Bible says or not. And uh, how, by the way, how are those Dodgers doing? You know, I think they're going to win next time, you know. And uh, as long as uh, you're, you're not, you're, you're open, you know, you're not uh, covering up what you believe. When you pour on the love of Christ um, and they, yet they know what you believe and yet you're still loving them, um, it is uh, like burning coals on their head. It's, uh, it's, it's, it can be convicting. Um, and uh, sometimes they almost wish that you would hate them so they wouldn't uh, have to deal with that, that kind of unconditional love that's so powerful and penetrating of the heart. So I, I hope that answers it for you. Yes, sir, brothers. Uh, that that helps. That helps a lot. I he knows I love him because at the end of every phone call, I always say I love you. Well, listen, uh, listen. Uh, I'll send you God of Wonders, and I'll send that to you. Just say, hey, I got this. I'd like you to watch it and tell me what you think of it. Tell me what's wrong with it, or just watch it. And tell me what you think. Yeah. And see, and because <clears throat> let you know, a lot of times we run into this problem: a prophet's not welcome in his own country. Well, that's the the reason why that is, is everybody, well, you're just little, you know, you're just my little nephew. I don't have to listen to what you got to say. Uh, but let something else tell him. And like I say, God of Wonders, great video. I'll get that to you as well as uh, Evolution versus God. And then who knows, he might watch the movie Jesus as well. But I'll get those to you. And that may help a lot and help be the icebreaker. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. Well, God bless you, and and we'll see what great things God will do. And again, Father, we pray that you bind Satan from this man's eyes, that he would see the great offer you make him in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) With that, we'll go to Larry in Palm Desert. Hi, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How may we help? Well, I, ha- I have a question, but I'm going to preface that with three scriptures. Okay. Uh, the, the question the question I was going to ask, uh, but I have a, the final question will be two two parts. Uh, number one, there's I, I in reading the scriptures, I see that there are three baptisms by the Holy Spirit. There's one by the disciples, 
because Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is is baptizes us by the Holy Spirit. And that's in, in uh, let's see, what scripture? That, that would be in uh, Matthew 3.11, and then uh, Matthew 3, uh, 28.19, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12.13. Hang on a second, I've got to shut the phone off. Yeah, that that does happen, you know. I always tell people if you're if you're if if you want if you want people to call you, just go pray someplace. And people you haven't talked to for ten years will be calling you on the phone, stopping by your house, anything to keep you from praying. It's amazing how Amen. that works. Okay, that's, so that's exactly right. And by the way, I I I I understand what the gentleman just before me uh, was saying because I've got one somebody in my family just the way the same way. Yeah. Hates, hates God, and he can't understand why God loves him. Yeah, well, he, well, he's right about that. There's nothing in us that's desirable, but that's what was called God's unmerited favor, and that's what real love is. See, in the world, it's always, I love you if. Years ago, Toyota had a uh, saying on their sales. It says, Toyota, I love what you do for me. Well, what's interesting is that's kind of the definition of love in our society today. I love what you do for me. But that's not love. Real love is I love you, period. And that's what God does. And that's hard for a lot of people because we think we got to earn it. I think this is why so many people get into religion, knocking on doors, you know, all the, the goofy things that church religions put on people to make you feel like you're worthy of earning it. Well, there's nothing we can do to earn it. It's the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, how many baptisms? Is that the question? My basic question is this, and, and I didn't share that with your, uh, your screener. Um, if, those are, if, they, if the scriptures are correct, and, we, and I believe they are, then if we have three baptisms, when do those baptisms take place? We know when the first one takes place because you, you repent and come to your salvation. That's, that's done by the Holy Spirit. The second one is the water baptism, and the sooner the better. Yep. And the third, if Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, then when does that take place? Well, great question. And Jesus said this, you being of the world know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Very clearly, it's a second work, generally, of God in a believer's life. First, yes, conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. I'm a sinner. God save me. God saves us. Then we are immersed in water. It's a picture type of our old being washed away, the children of Israel being separated from Egypt through the water, their enemies being destroyed in that water on their way to the promised land. But then they also went through another baptism, the Jordan River, when they left their wilderness experience and went into the promised land. We find Paul asked that same question in Acts 19. Since you believed, have you been filled with the Spirit? And they replied, what Spirit? We haven't even heard of any Spirit. Then he says, well, then how were you baptized? Because it'd be in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or by the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they said, John's baptism only. 
He goes, oh, we also find this in Acts 8, that they were believers. They had been um, uh, baptized, but yet the Bible says the Holy Spirit had not fallen on any of them. One of the disciples came down from Jerusalem and laid hands on them. Very clear to say, oh, you get everything the minute you get saved and there's no more after that. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but they're not reading this one. Very clearly, Paul even asked the question, since you believed, have you been filled with the Spirit? Now, very quickly, I want to say this. We do find when the disciple, when, when the followers that were gathered in the room, when Peter went to preach, and we remember that in, in John uh, 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 Acts 10, as he's preaching, right in the middle of his sermon, the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles, and they began to pray in other tongues and manifestations of the Spirit. There is an instant where, in fact, the Holy Spirit baptized them in his spirit, and they were forgiven at the same place. Water baptism had to come later. But that is the rarity. Generally speaking, in the Bible, remember, they were all believers gathered in the upper room. They all had their sins forgiven in the upper room. But the Holy Spirit came there in Acts chapter 2 and empowered them to go do what God's called them to do. The greatest of these is love. Everybody quotes uh, 1 Corinthians 13, but they don't really realize what it's saying. The Holy Spirit gives us love for the lost. A lot of people, Christians every day, they're going to hell. Good, I don't like them anyway. That's not a Christian heart. You need to be filled with the Spirit, buddy, because that person could be your best friend if Jesus came in their life. Brad, your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. It's so easy for us to uh, to limit the grace of God, the, the, the working of the Holy Spirit. And um, it's also in our society today, I think, very much to limit uh, the Holy Spirit and its impact on, on lives and how the Holy Spirit works. It's very easy to say, well, this is, this is how God's worked in my life. And so therefore, uh, this is how God's going to work in other lives. Uh, he's manifested his spirit in this way in my life, so therefore he's going to manifest in other believers if they're seeking God in that same way. Um, and God is is so intricate in, in dealing with us uh, individually and, and how we work. Uh, you know, some people uh, receive some gifts and not other gifts. And um, it's easy for us to to put the Holy Spirit in a box Um and yet at the same time, I think what's most important is that we understand that that we cannot walk uh, for the Lord. We cannot live for the Lord um, uh, on our own. Um, it is the working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I tell people that if, uh, you know, they, they want to get in ministry, uh, you know, if, you know, it's any kind of ministry at all, they need to recognize, first off, that they're not qualified, that it's not they themselves that's going to allow that ministry to to, to, to blossom and to be used, uh, but it's it's the working of the Holy Spirit and subjection to the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do. And uh, there's so much freedom that comes and we understand it's not about us. It's all about uh, God and what he wants to do through his spirit working through us. Amen. And so you say, well, how do I know if I spirit filled? Good question. The first question is, do you have a supernatural love for God? Do you have that mm-hmm. supernatural love for the lost? And do you have the boldness to speak in his name? Those are the signs of the Spirit. We're out of time, everyone. Stay in line. Thanks, Brad, for being on. God bless you all. Good night.
or to receive Thank a you. copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.